right, guys, welcome back to a brand new episode of Throwback Thursday. This is the one and only show where we talk about all things. Wow, I almost I I I messed up the tag. <laughs> this is the one and only show where we talk about a movie. We go back in time. We take the time machine. We we watch a movie and we review it as we have seen it for the very first time. And joining me back from a week of not reviewing a Spider-Man movie, I have the one and the only Mister. He is going to be. Uh, He's going to be Rhino. I'm going to make him Paul Giamatti. I am the Rhino. <laughs> it is Robert, the Ghost Rider Martinez. Robert, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Thank you for asking, Zeke. You know, I'm, I'm here in a good mood, ready to completely trash this movie into a blanket. Well, I just have to say this right now. I have been waiting to review this movie, actually. But I'll tell you this right now. This is the Avengers Endgame of Zeke Said So. We've been building to this. For the five years ever since we started the Zeke Said So, we've been building to the Amazing Spider-Man 2 review. Like, yes. this is the Avengers Endgame. There's going to be major spoilers, okay? So, so make sure you don't spoil the review. Don't spoil the review. Anyway. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, and then Zeke uh, demands Rob- your silence. And then Robert can be um, Robert can be the next podcast that takes over. But then he ends up re- he ends up relying too much on Zeke the Geek, so he ends up referencing Zeke said so way too damn much. But uh, are we anyway. talking about Star Wars now? Oh, uh, uh, okay. Um, <laughs> all right. So yes, we are reviewing the Amazing Spider-Man two. This is a movie that you know. Hell yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So let's not waste any time. Let's talk about the one, the only. And thank God Sony didn't make a third one to this. Amazing Spider-Man 2. Now we're going to start. First? Well, I want to start off, actually. I want to start off, Robert. What was – when you went to go see the – well, first of all, I know you missed out. Why don't you tell me – first of all, tell me your thoughts on the first Amazing Spider-Man movie and then lead that into what, what, your, what was your anticipation for the Amazing Spider-Man 2? Where was it at? Ah, uh, yes. The first so I wasn't there for the review for the Amazing Spider-Man. I thought that movie was average, like 6 out of 10, right? Had some great ideas. Right. I was looking forward to the sequel. I was kind of excited till uh, I kind of noticing trends in the trailer, uh, like setting up thirteen different movies, and so I was kind of hesitant. Yeah, I really yeah. was. 
And boy, was I right. Ay, ay, ay. I walked out of that theater just, just dumbfounded, right? Like, I had no emotion on my face. And let me tell you, <laughs> I want to tell you another story, but it, it's going to be like after the whole review because it's, it's going to get into like the little spoiler part. Actually, it's been like, what? It's, it's been six years, so we can Never. spoil the movie. Okay, cool. So me and my brother went to go watch this movie separately, right? I went with my mom. Right. Uh, my brother went uh, – or grandpa. Shoot. Um, so as I walked out dumbfounded, my brother walks out laughing his ass off. <laughs> like, and I'm just like, why are you laughing so hard? He's like, because Gwen Stacy died. I was like <laughs> – I'm like, uh, and then my grandpa's also laughing his ass off. Both of them are just laughing. <laughs> I'm like, that movie was so dumb. And he's like, yeah, I know. And that's why I'm laughing. I'm like, uh, okay. But what they didn't tell me was like in the theater, they actually laughed out loud when that happened. And sit, like when everyone else, like, <gasps> they burst right. out into laughter. <laughs> and they had to leave well, them. They had left the movie early because they were uh-huh. laughing. Yeah, <sighs> that's crazy. That's that's yeah. pretty crazy because I got I got the opposite of that when I went to see the movie. So first of all, I reviewed the Amazing Spider-Man too. You guys know. Overall, I was very let down by the Amazing Spider-Man, the first one. Um. And I was really upset because I was hoping that I could fall in love with – because I knew – I had heard that they were going to make more movies with Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. And I didn't like his Peter Parker. I remember walking out hating his Peter Parker, right? And I just was – I was like, really? I have to watch like two or three more movies with this guy? Are you kidding me? And then I saw the trailer for The Amazing Spider-Man 2. And I was in. Oh my gosh, I was in. When Electro showed up in his blue skin, I was, oh, I was so excited. And I was really excited because it looked like they were going more along the lines of what he looked like in the Spectacular Spider-Man cartoon. Except, you know, instead of him having blue skin, he was all yellow. I was in on the movie. I was so excited for it. And then I went to see the movie, and I think similar to what I was reacting the way I saw Suicide Squad because when I saw Batman vs. Superman I hated the movie and I went into Suicide Squad and I was so desperate to like it more than Batman vs. Superman that I ended up walking out loving the movie you know and then more and more viewings come out and I really didn't like the movie <laughs> and then I came out yep and then I just and then after coming out of the main Spider-Man 2, I was so desperate to like it more than the first one that I was like, yeah, it's great. And I liked it. I liked it. Robert, what are your overall thoughts on the Amazing Spider-Man 2? Overall thoughts. Well, let me uh, quote a very famous person on exactly what he thought. And by this famous person, I'm talking about the one, the only, Mr. Kevin Feige. Right, so 
you do you remember the Sony leaks? Yeah. When, well, one of the leaks was uh, Kevin Feige giving notes on the Amazing Spider-Man two. Because uh, Sony got uh, sent them an early like um, version of the movie, right? Mm-hmm. Well, and he kind of sums up a lot of my same thoughts with the movie. I feel like everyone has the same thought process about this movie. There's uh, points I would like to put in. There's too many storylines. We need to choose which ones we are focusing on and let the other ones out. Uh, Etc. Like, uh, we can reduce the father arc to just Roosevelt. You could cut out the plane crash. Uh, then you have to let the dangers and stakes in New York build first and, like, have Spider-Man into the scene heroically, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, and then, um, there's just so much he did. Uh, honestly, I would recommend just looking it up. Right, yeah. So uh, that, like, instead of seeing the ghost of Captain Stacy. Uh, you can hear a voice. Uh-huh. Too much back and forth with Peter. Why do we need a year to pass? Harry's story should have been the main plot. Uh, Andrew's performance is all over the place. Oh. Like May uh, tells Peter her parents were spies. Like, there's just so much wrong with this movie. Or it's not a Spider-Man movie. It's a... It's like... Go it's... ahead. I don't even know how to explain this movie. It's just too... It's like a sink <laughs> filled with like a bunch of stuff, right? Right. Pause, pause. It's a fruitcake. You just <laughs> threw a bunch of stuff in there without really expecting something to come out, and it comes out like trash. It comes out like a stupid brick. <laughs> like, what were you thinking? Do you think you're going to be successful with this? Like, honestly, God, please tell me. Look at this. And look at those Spider-Man 1 or 2. He's like, are you, are, you, are you serious right now? Are you just this dumb and stupid or too cocky with your character? <laughs> I don't even know what you're thinking. Like, what is your thought process on this movie? <laughs> You really think people want to go pay and see a Sinister Six movie about themselves without setting up the characters? What is this going to be about? Just like a bunch of dudes just put it on suits and that's how they become the characters instead of like, you know, an origin story with them? Holy crap! What is Sony's thought process with this, dude? Like, I'm so baffled. <laughs> I can't stop laughing. Oh my god. I'm not mad. I'm not sad. I'm just more like confused. dumbfounded overall. I'm confused. <laughs> I am very, very confused about this movie. Okay. Now, if they showed this in theaters, Zeke, they showed this in theaters expecting uh, a big return. They a did. Start of a cinematic universe, Zeke. Yeah. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about that? Well, you're about to get. A rant that's uh, uh, that's you okay. Let me just say this throughout this series of reviews, you guys know I am a die hard Spider Man. Spider Man's my boy, okay. I've loved, I've loved them ever since I was five years old. And when I watched those Sam Raimi movies, that was that was my 
you know, and you know, I'm such a huge fanboy. I just bought the Spectacular Spider-Man Complete Series, so I love me some Spider-Man. I was watching this movie in preparation for this review, and while I was watching this movie, I thought, you know, I'd rather be in the hospital with the coronavirus, just <laughs> sitting in a bed rather than torturing myself, making this, watching this, I'm going to curse, fucking movie that really should not have been made. Holy crap. <laughs> you, this is... When I reviewed Spider-Man 2, I said this is everything a Spider-Man movie should be. And when I see when I look at Spider-Verse, I'm like that is everything a Spider-Man movie should be. This is everything a Spider-Man movie should not be. It is messy, it's incoherent, the dialogue is messy, the villains are stupid and are pulled straight out of a Joel Schumacher Batman movie. They why and it pisses me the hell off because Mark Webb is such a good and talented director. Why is his talent wasted here? And why we do you get, know why. And why and why do you get the guys who wrote the two well they wrote the first Transformers movie, but who wrote the crappiest Transform who wrote one of the crappiest Transformers movies? Why bring them in to do this? Why? You basically Decided to say, you know, everyone, all the Star Wars fans were complaining when Last Jedi came out. They kept saying, oh, Last Jedi is a spit in the face to Star Wars fans. This movie is a spit in the face to not just Spider-Man fans, but also to every single fan of the Marvel Universe as you know it. This is everything a Marvel movie, a comic book movie, a Spider-Man movie should not be. And spoiler alert, this is one of my least favorite movies of all time. This is literally in my top ten least favorite movies of all time. I hate this movie. Robert, yes. anything else you want to add? <laughs> I actually like the chemistry between Peter and Gwen, even though it was all over the place. I still like the chemistry between, uh, between them, especially in the first movie, right? Mm -hmm. I thought they were going to you know, establish more on that, right? Right. No, let's just kill her off. Yep. <laughs> There's no emotional attachment to this, you know? Right. Uh, Green Goblin was half-assed, looking like a crackhead rather than a <laughs> comic book villain. Um, the, correct term, the correct term for Green Goblin is actually uh, face herpes. <laughs> uh, yes. The green herpes. The goblin herpes. It's a new disease. Exactly. Oh, jeez. Freaking uh, Rhino. What was Rhino about? I don't even know. No one cares. Freaking uh, Electro. You... The scene where he gets his teeth fixed by electricity. Nope. Yep. Who? Why? Yeah. Why? <laughs> why? That's my only question. Just. Why? Okay, let what me. Is thought pro again. It just what's the thought right. process? All right. Who's thinking of let's, this? Let's let's try to talk about. Who's the guy in the coat? 
Exactly. <laughs> Who the hell is this dude? Okay. Why right. is anyone here? <laughs> okay. All right. Let me try to let me try to talk about my positives real quick. For one, the suit looks better. Let's just admit it. The suit in the first Amazing Spider-Man movie looked like complete utter garbage. I I hated the suit in the first movie. Um, the web swinging is better. Um, the VFX are great. I, I think it visually looks good. You see every penny that they spent on this movie on just on the visuals alone. Um, hmm. I don't know. Robert, you got anything else? <laughs> oh, my only positives were Andrew Garfield, Gwen, uh, or shoot, Emma Stone. That's it. Okay. Um, oh, Hans Zimmer's score is actually good. I mean, I hate Electro Steam. I hate, I think it's stupid, but we'll get to that in a second. And and look, I'll be honest. There is one scene in the movie that actually kind of got me, like that I actually felt some emotional thing, uh, some form of emotion, and it's when um, Spider-Man is when this poor kid is getting bullied by these other kids, and Spider-Man just comes in. And he and he's walking with the kid. Now they they completely ruin it at the end, but we'll get to that in, in a second. So you know what? Let's not even wait. Let's just start with the negatives, okay? I have I have a few. The first seven minutes are garbage. Who in their right minds thought, you know what this you know what this Spider-Man movie needs? It needs a scene with Peter Parker's parents. A story that we promised fans we were going to give them in the first movie. We're going to give it to them here. That's what people want to see. No. In the immortal words of Mark Wahlberg from The Happening, no. Take an interest in science, but no. <laughs> um, Paul Giamatti as the rhino. Say hello to Alexi Savage. You know, or <laughs> I am the rhino. I I go and shoot shoot Spider Man with my machine gun. Ah. <laughs> and what is with Spider Man telling jokes while millions of citizens are dying on the street? He's over here practicing his stand up comedy routine. You know? Yeah. He's over here, oh, hey, my name is Spider-Man. You can call me Webhead. You can call me Amazing. Just don't call me late for dinner. Get it? I'm like, dude, there are people dying, probably getting hit by Rhino's truck, and you're over here cracking jokes like it's freaking Saturday Night Live or something. <laughs> um, Gwen's speech is so – is there just for foreshadowing? Like, you can tell they were like – Okay, we we're to, all gonna die someday. We need to give away that she's about probably to die. me. We need to give away the fact that she's probably gonna die at the end. So let's just let's just have a speech where she where she basically tells the audience, "Hey, audience, just let you know, I'm gonna die at the end of this movie." <laughs> um, I hate Gwen's dad showing up as a ghost. And by the way, I mentioned this in my Amazing Spider-Man one review, but it, I have to repeat it here. 
why does he tell her to leave Gwen out of it when in the comics he wanted Spider-Man to protect Gwen? That's so dumb. Anyway, um, Gwen and Peter's on-again, off-again relationship is bullcrap. I hate every single second of it. Max Dillon is basically Riddler from Batman and Robin. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> this makes me laugh every time. So you have Norman Osborn, Chris Cooper, one of the great he's, – he's an Academy Award-nominated actor. And the last movie I saw him in, he was great. He was in the 2011 Muppets movie, and he had his own musical number. And he was awesome in that, right? Right. What did they do in the first five – what did they do when they first introduced Norman? I hate you, son. Here, have my life's work. Oh, by the way, you're going to get goblin disease later on in the movie, so you should probably you should probably w- be careful for that. <laughs> and then he just dies, and it's like, what? What a waste of Chris Cooper. I mean, he's a good actor. You could have had him in there as like maybe he he teaches Harry, or maybe he maybe he teams up with Harry. Like maybe him and Harry are both the Green Goblin or some crap like that. I don't know. Just Something other than killing him off is just would be way better. Um, right. Felicity, I like and look, I like Felicity Jones a lot as an actress, but Felicia Hardy didn't even need to be there. <laughs> Felicia, oh my the- goodness, I totally forgot she was in the movie. Yeah, and she's just in there for a cameo, or once again for a setup, probably to a movie that we're never gonna see. Um, um, oh Peter and Harry's um, relationship their friendship is so rushed there's not enough time to build that relationship up because they're just like oh we we gotta have Electro show up and oh wait we gotta have him be mad somehow so because they literally go from okay we're best friends and now I hate your guts you know in like two minutes. And now we're enemies. You know, it's just it's stupid. Um, the Times Square action scene. I've, you know, <clears throat> I'm trying to get into my electro deep voice. <clears throat> you shut me up. You lied to me. It's my birthday now. It's time for me to light my candles. Blah blah blah. And then Electro's, <laughs> Electro's, you know, inner monologue with the music. He lied to me. They hate me. He's Spider-Man and he's going to die. Yeah! <laughs> oh, my God. That's so stupid. And then, and then, as if you didn't need to put in another subplot, of apparently Harry is dying, even though we've only known him for, like, maybe five minutes. Um, he's already dying. Uh, let's see. What else? <laughs> what else? Uh, oh, who's that stupid scientist who has like a bad German accent? He's like, he's like, I'm here to study you. You know, you oh, lecture. The cliche. Yeah. And apparently from what I've heard, like I, I've heard some people think that he was going to be Doc Ock. And I was like, um, if that was – first of all, that's not the case because he has a different name. But second of all, even if he was Doc Ock, why? 
<laughs> Why would you have someone that ridiculous as Doc Ock? German talking dot octopus. <laughs> it would only it would only be Doctor Octopus. I mean the mystery about Peter's parents, like Aunt May basically looking up and going, Your parents they these government guys came in. They said your parents committed treason. They're spies. They did this and that. I'm like, what? Why? This moment well, would because it's you start- know what's awkward about that. Oh, what what's what's awkward? It's kind of comic accurate. Yeah, it's comic accurate, but why does it need to be in the movie? Because comic accuracy. Okay, so you know they did it all wrong, right? Right. One, just like you can't do this unless there's Shield involved, right? Because right. in the Ultimate Comics. His parents uh, aren't with Peter's, Shield. They're with Shield, right? And then they settle down, do a simple life, and you know they die. You know that's just how it happens, right? And then there's this an emotional scene with Nick Fury and Peter, and Nick Fury's like, you know, I knew your parents; they were great people. And Peter's like, oh, I have to find the comic book panel, but that's basically how it goes down, and yeah. that's how I'm gonna kind of want to go into Far From Home. But that's not for like another two weeks. Well, I mean, I, I'll, I'll just say it right now. That was wasted potential right there. You have Nick Fury in a Spider-Man movie and not have his parents be. Anyway, this, this isn't a review for Far From Home. I, I, I am getting sidetracked. <laughs> but no, it starts off really sweet with, you know, Aunt May basically saying, you're so attached to your father who was never uh, here, you know, you know, she basically says, I'm the one who's been taking care of you all your life, and you're over here attached to your father. That's a beautiful moment that's then ruined by, oh, your parents were spies. <laughs> There's that emotional emotional development out the window, you know. Um, Spider-Man, refusing, Spider-Man refusing to help Harry is just dumb. It's just dumb. That's his best friend, and he's willing to just let his best friend die. Like, come on. We all know Peter wouldn't let his best friend die. Like, even in the Sam Raimi movies, Peter didn't want to kill Harry or Harry's dad. Like, it's just, it just makes no sense. Um, oh, man, the underground train is hilarious. Oh, I threw my dad. I threw my dad's calculator at the wall. Oh, wait. There's these convenience coins that will get me to an underground trade <laughs> that, that my dad's been hiding all of his scientific research yeah. in. <laughs> and I like again going back to how it should have ended. I like it how they poked fun at that when Peter's parents decide to hide in that same trade and like. I hope no one throws my calculator against the wall. <laughs> um, okay. Um, <sighs> Harry and Electro team up. Oh, yeah, by the way, um, Harry gets framed and some crap like that, and then they have to get elect- him and Electro to team up. It's so over the top. <laughs> you want to be my friend? I thought we were already friends. You, they, you might as well have had um, the uh, the song from White Chicks, making my way downtown. 
<laughs> you might as well have had that song in the background as they're becoming friends. Yes. Yeah. Uh, can we get? <laughs> Let's get Terry Crews to sing that one. song. <laughs> yes. Terry Crews. As the okay, new I'll just confirm. I'll 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 add that to my um rewrite here. Uh, Terry Crews Electro. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um <laughs> I hate it how Harry basically has this guy hostage and they go down to this area and all they conveniently have Doc Ock's arms, Vulture's wings, and I believe if I'm not mistaken, I believe you see Rhino's suit in there too. Am yeah. I right? Or okay, yeah. Um, but it's like uh, that is such an obvious. Hey guys, we're gonna make future move. We're gonna make a Sinister Six movie, and you know, there's another movie that does that, and it's directed by one of the writers of this movie. The Mummy 2017 does that exact same thing, which I won't talk about that right now. I'll, it's another story from another time. In the immortal words of Maz Kanata from Force Awakens, um, yes. Uh, the electro, the final fight with electro is stupid. We get it. It's the itsy bitsy spider. We get it. It's so dumb. Um, and then uh, remember how in my Spider-Man three review I said Venom only got six minutes worth of screen time. Well. Green Goblin in The Amazing Spider-Man 2 takes the cake because Green Goblin gets about three minutes and 45 seconds worth of screen time in the entire movie. Yep. There you had it, ladies and gentlemen. Venom in Spider-Man 3 got more screen time than the Green Goblin. Um, Gwen Stacy's death... Gwen Stacy's death is actually... Kind of in the middle ground for me, though. I and think I'll it's tell one of you the why. Scenes. Well, I'll, I'll I'll let you get to that uh, in a little bit, but let me let me talk about why I think it's the middle ground for me. On one hand, I think Andrew Garfield gives a very decent performance in it. You know, I I believe that he's actually you know truly devastated that you know he failed to save Gwen Stacy. Beautiful thing. But it's it's shoehorned. That's the thing. She was killed by a villain who we didn't have time to get ourselves attached to. Is what I hate about it. Yeah. So anyway, Robert, what 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 do you like? What what were you gonna say about it? So, I think the Gwen Stacy scene dying is probably one of the worst scenes of the movie. Okay. Right? One. I don't think as an audience we're that attached to either the Green Goblin as a tragic character of, you know, best friends turning against each other, right? Uh-huh. Or how we're not really, like, attached to Gwen Stacy to the point where, like, we are to Iron Man, right? Right. Like, these should be, like, characters we should see as people, but we, we don't. And so when she dies, we're just kind of sitting in a theater, just like, we're not going to feel anything. Uh-huh. 
And I think that's one of the biggest problems of the movie is we don't feel anything. And that's the worst thing yeah. we do for a movie. We don't feel anything for these characters, for the story. And honestly, for a Spider-Man film, feeling, you know, connected to them is one of the biggest parts. Oh my goodness, I forgot my biggest complaint about the movie. Go ahead. The subway train station, right? Where his yeah, dad yeah. tells him that only his blood is compatible with the spider bite, right? Yeah. That, right there, <laughs> destroys Spider-Man as a character. Mm-hmm. Because what's right. the main purpose? Why'd you dress up as Spider-Man as a kid, Zeke? Because I, I thought he was cool. I just, I, I, you know, I related to him. Did you think you can beat you know? him? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, I saw I myself as Peter Parker. We saw ourselves as Spider-Man, right? Because we could relate mm-hmm. to his character. We can relate to his struggles. And what this movie right. did, it undercuts that in making Peter Parker the chosen one. And now we can no longer exactly. relate to Spider-Man. Exactly. Yep. And that is my biggest problem with Spider-Man 2, is we can't relate to these characters now, because he's one, A, the chosen one, B, he's all over the place, and we just, there's nothing about him I care about anymore. And I felt yeah. really terrible for Andrew Garfield, because he deserves so much more. Right. You know, funny, fun fact about this, I'm, I actually have the Wikipedia page, now, it's Wikipedia, don't think it's, you know, don't take it with a grain of salt, you know, it's Wikipedia, right. but apparently Andrew Garfield did not like the way the movie came out. Like he said he was, uh, he said he thought they, they didn't do enough with Peter that made him that, that, you know, as a, as a fan of Spider-Man, he wasn't satisfied with Peter's art in the movie. And I feel really terrible for um, Andrew Garfield. I I really do. I think he deserves all more with Spider-Man. I wish he, I hope he gets his uh, second chance. I really do. Well, I, I want think to see... I think one day he will because you know Phil, you know Chris Miller came out and said you know they were supposed he was supposed to make a cameo in Spider Verse and like the post credit scene him, Tom Holland and Tobey Maguire. If you've seen the if you wa- watch the uh, watch party with um, Chris Miller, yeah. but um. But yeah, no. I think I think one day, Tobey Maguire, uh, not Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield is gonna get his second chance at the character. Because I would be, I, I, although I don't like his Peter Parker, I am, I do like his Spider Man for the most part. I think as Spider Man, he's a very good Spider Man. He's just not a good Peter Parker to me. I don't yeah. really care much about his his portrayal. But and let me let me talk about the last two things, okay? The scene with Mr. Fierce and the Sinister Six shouldn't even have been in the movie. I've already Wait, is that mentioned this. Yeah, Mr. Fierce. The, the computer voice says, welcome, Mr. Fierce. Is he a comic book character? Yeah, he's in the, um, the Gathering of the Sinister Six storyline. Give me one he's, second. He, he's in the... You can keep talking. I'm looking this stuff out. Um, but uh, but yeah, no. Um, I uh, 
you know, I just, I don't like that. And then, <laughs> oh man, here we go. Let's, I'm going to talk about this. The ending was Rhino. Now, I've always said that this movie should have just ended with Peter Parker standing there at Gwen's grave. That would have been such a great place to end it because then you have fans. I mean, obviously the movie was far gone, you know, to begin with, and it wasn't really that great of a movie before then. But could you imagine the way it ended? And then you have um, Peter standing there at Gwen's grave and then just end the movie. You end the movie with despair and, you know, kind of like how Infinity War did, you know, with the Avengers movies. And then they throw that out the window because, look, I am the rhino and I'm going to shoot my machine gun. Ah, Oh, wait, the kid who showed up earlier with Spider-Man? Oh, he's just going to stand there? Okay, I won't shoot you whatsoever. No, you you come fight me, little boy. And then Spider-Man shows up and he's like, oh, you could talk to little boy. I just stand here with my machine guns and then look stupid. I, you go, you, but you talk to little boy. Go ahead. You talk to little boy. And then... We get the the shot that the final shot was in the trailer. By the way, if you guys have seen all the trailers to this movie, the final shot is in the trailer, and that is when Peter is dodging all of uh, is blocking all of um, Rhino's missiles with like the 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 I don't know what what do you call that thing with the sewer? I don't know, but he's using it as like a shield, and then he hits Rhino in the face with it. It's in the trailer, <laughs> so. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so should we get on to it? I, I, think, I think we should. Do you have anything you want to say about the final scene? <laughs> I want to get to it in my rewrite. All right. Let's, let's do it. Okay. So if you guys joined us for our Spider-Man 3 review, you guys know that we rewrote... Spider-Man 3. And we're going to do the same thing with The Amazing Spider-Man 2. This segment of the review, we are going to basically go into an alternate reality. We're going to go we're going to take the collider, go to an alternate reality where Spider The Amazing Spider-Man 2 has not been made and we are going to pitch our ideas. So Robert, I'm going to start with you this time because I've been talking a lot and I need to rest my voice. What do you think? What, right. what, what's your rewrite? So my main problem is it's a hodgepodge, right? So the main experiment is a hodgepodge, like I said before, right? Mm-hmm. We need to trim the fat and focus on the storyline with Harry, right? Okay. That should be the main story. We should set up the relationship between Harry and Peter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I kind of imagine how it would open up. It's kind of the same, except we kind of like switch the scenes uh, around, right? Right. There's no plane crashing. We don't care about that. Uh, we kind of set up the stakes in New York. We show Paul Giamatti's like rhino thing, right? Uh-huh. Uh Then we show Spider-Man doing the heroics, right? So basically the story arc for uh, Spider-Man uh, for this one, I would imagine, would be... Uh, Letting go, I guess, right? Right. So, then we got to, like, Harry and uh, Norman. 
Uh, he's dying of the disease because why not? Uh, <laughs> he's dying, but Enart starts noticing the rash around uh, Harry's hand. He's like, "Well, I didn't get those till I was fifty. Instead of the natural cause for Harry to actually, you know, go into a frantic search, right? Right. But before that, I kind of want a scene between Peter and Harry reuniting before he gets told that, right? Uh huh. So we start establishing that friendship before on, right? And right. then we start going to the frantic search. What's up? Electro is going to be kind of like the secondary villain as we kind of see uh, Harry with the negative character arc start going down the darker path. Right. Right. Electro is going to be kind of like the side meal, right? And I'll kind of play him as not exactly the same. Uh, I kind of imagine uh, he'll be more sane. Uh-huh. Uh, I love you, Spider-Man. Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> he always kind of like dreamed of like having this attention, of being the hero, right? He wants to be like Spider-Man. Uh, so that's his kind of like thing. And then, you know, turn him to a villain. He's like... Well, now this is the only way I can seek like attention is by just doing this and doing that. Uh, he wants getting people's attention. Yeah. Um, Gwen and Peter are doing great. You know, they're graduated. Uh, Gwen, Harry, and Peter actually—I would imagine, like you know—kind of meet in the film. They kind of like form this kind of friendship, right? Mm-hmm. It's like a trio, kind of like what MJ, Peter, and Harry would have been. And uh, the originals, right? They're all friends. Right. Uh, so, yeah, Electro goes bad. Peter has to figure things out. Uh, there's no parent thing. I didn't really care about it. I don't think anyone really did. No one cares. No yeah. one just, just no one cares about Peter's parents. Uh, Peter's actually having, like, a hard time, though. Uh, he's trying to keep it all together, right? Because that's uh-huh. what Spider-Man does. He he keeps everything to himself. He kind of like he holds this unbelievable guilt and unbelievable responsibility on his shoulders, right? Right. And he carries that, and things start keep adding on to it. Uh, you know, we get like little hints of J. Jonah Jameson, like kind of trashing Spider-Man, saying he's a menace. So that's <laughs> on his shoulders now. We have New Yorkers kind of tell him he's a menace. You know, all that type of stuff, right? Right. We kind of see like Peter's kind of like getting weighed down by this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then now Harry's dying. And Peter okay. can't help him. And now that's more guilt to it. That even though he could try to help him, he can't because he don't know the side effects to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Harry's like, you know, freaking out. So now we have the start of the uh, downhill for Harry Osborne to go seek um, untraditional methods. Right. And so he goes to like Oscorp. He starts doing tests on himself, rapid like different tests. Right. He's doing all this to himself. He's like cut himself, you know, like, a lot of weird scientific stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter starts to get worried about that. You know, that's more guilt. Uh, Emma's or uh, uh, Gwen's leaving. All this guilt is started to pile on Peter. Then Electro's there. Starts bringing everything together. This simplified. I don't really 
Yeah. Anyways, now we get the birth of Green Goblin where Harry's got pushed too far, right? He has his mind broken. Uh, somewhere along the line, he learns that Peter is Spider-Man, right? And now we right. have this emotional connection between all of them, and you kind of have this betrayal. And Gwen Stacy dies, completely wrecks Spider-Man. Now we see Spider-Man fall apart for the first time, right? Mm-hmm. He's just broken. He's done. Right. So, months go on, crimes, you know, doing crime stuff in New York. It's crazy. And it's just like, damn, like, we saw Spider-Man broken, like, this bad. We haven't seen this. Uh Uh-huh. Aunt May gives the heroic speech of, like, letting go and moving on and fighting for the people, right? Or fighting for those who lost. Right. And uh, we get right. kind of the ending scene with Rhino, because why not? We got to get Rhino in there somehow. People mm. are running frantically. We set up the stakes one more time. Spider-Man makes his heroic entrance. As he's expecting the crowd to kind of turn on him. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, they're all like in their safe area, right? The Rhino's just kind of like staring down Spider-Man like, oh, you want to fight? Let's go, just me and you. Like, Rhino's been kind of wanting Spider-Man to come out. He wants his revenge on Spider-Man. Evans right. kind of immediately... Because his, adent- uh, his attention is at Spider-Man, right? He's kind of like the bull. Uh-huh. Spider-Man's the red flag. That's his attention. He wants to get that. Right. But Spider-Man's kind of expecting the crowd to turn on him. Mm-hmm. And then you hear chanting like, Spider-Man, Spider-Man. All right, the crowds are cheering him on. New York's cheering this on. And Spider-Man gets back, you know, he's back on his feet. You know, he's doing Spider-Man. He's Spider-Man again. And that's how I kind of want to go for it. It's just, you know, move on, on you know, to be better. Right. And that's what I kind of want to go for. That's it. <sighs> okay. Are you ready for mine? Here we go. Um, so my, uh, mine, just like Spider-Man 3, mine is very, very drastically different. Um, Harry is in the movie, but he does not make a goblin turn. Um, Gwen Stacy does die, but Electro is the one to do it. And I'll tell you why. Because in this version, I'm going to mess with Electro's origin a little bit to where he does have that connection between Peter, like like Pete, like him and Peter. Maybe I don't know. They interned for like Doc Ock or something. Maybe we set up that or something like that. You know, because I wanted to focus on a more adult Peter Parker. You know, um, even with the Amazing Spider, the first Amazing Spider-Man movie, I thought it'd be more interesting to go in the route of not having him in high school, just focus on him, like in his mid thirties. You know, right? Um, and so Max is a loner. He he is by himself, but he's not obsessed over Spider-Man. He, in fact, he's one of the guys who thinks he's kind of jealous of Spider-Man because Spider-Man gets all the attention, and he desperately wants that attention. And so he does become altered in some way, and we see that him that he becomes Electro. And here's where it gets interesting. 
Um, hair, the hairy stuff is is based. I'll I'll get to that later. But the electro, um, basically, electro is framing Spider Man for all of these massive, massive crimes, and making him look like the villain. We do have a scene where electro is on a TV show, and that is the Daily Bugle news. It's basically we're gonna have. It's kind of like in the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon where J. Jonah Jameson is like a is a newscaster instead of like a a um, instead of being just a paper a newspaper uh, company. It's a it's an actual television news place, and you know we have that. That's where we can get you know J.K. Simmons in as J. Jonah Jameson, and. Um, and Electro is just framing him for all these robberies, murder, murders, all this other, you know, crap is all being blamed on Spider-Man. And then, you know, Spider, he's, Electro is able to draw Spider-Man out for the final battle. And there's a news crew flying over. And the way they're portraying it on the news is that Spider-Man is attacking Electro. Kind of like how in Far From Home, how Mysterio made it look like uh, Peter was the bad guy in the whole thing. We're going to kind of go in that similar route with Electro, though. You know, because, you know, if you're going to have a guy who desperately wants the attention, you have his arc be he goes from wanting to attention to where he's going to make Spider-Man look bad because he's so desperate and he wants to he wants that love and appreciation that Spider-Man gets, you know? Um, and so, you know, and we get that line, you know, there's a line in the trailer that I loved was when Electro says, you wanted to be the hero. Now you have to pay the price. And for me, um, you know, Gwen Stacy does go there to try and help. And then, Electro sees that and he says that line and then shoots Gwen Stacy with a bolt of electricity. Just bam. And she's dead. And she dies in a very brutal way. <laughs> and, you know, then the movie kind of ends with, uh, you know, with Peter kind of, di- Spider-Man has disappeared for good. You know, because now... He has he is he is seen as the enemy by New York, and his girlfriend is dead. He he failed to save his girlfriend, and now he's he's done. Are you still with me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I, I thought I cut out for a second because I got really quiet. Um, so now with Harry's story, Harry is gonna. We're going to set him up to be a villain. We're not going to actually turn him into the goblin. In fact, he's not going to be the one who's dying. Instead, we're going to take a cue from the Spider-Man PS4 video game where in, you know, if you've played the game, I mean, spoiler alert if you haven't, but there's a post credit scene in Spider-Man PS4 where it's revealed that Norman is trying to find a cure for Harry because Harry is in a, is in a BAFTA tank. We're going to kind of have that same thing. Harry is trying to find – he wants Spider-Man's blood because he's trying to find a cure for his dad. Yeah. Because as big of a jerk as his dad was to him, he still wants his dad a lot. He wants to have that one-on-one with his dad. He wants to have more time with his, with his father. So 
we're going to have him be obsessed with wanting Spider-Man's blood because he wants to, um, he wants to save his father. And that's kind of my rewrite. And I do have two post credit scenes that do kind of set the future up. The first one is, you know, Harry meets with this uh, Mr. Fierce guy. And in order to draw out Spider-Man, he gives him a file and is like, you know, because basically the Sinister Six, Spider-Man has defeated basically all the members of the Sinister Six. Right. So, so you know, Harry gives him a file that has every member of the Sinister Six, and then he's like, "Go get these guys, and we're gonna draw we're gonna draw Spider-Man out with with these guys, and that will be all our setup to the Sinister Six. And the second post-credit scene is gonna be Peter. Um, you know, going back to Aunt May's because Aunt May calls him for something. And then we meet Mary Jane in this post-credit scene, kind of hinting at a possible love relationship, but not really. They're just, we're just kind of introducing her into this universe. So, um, but yeah, that is basically my entire rewrite for the amazing Spider-Man two. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That is so. Extremely different. Yeah, it, I I really thought because there was just something when I was watching the movie, I just kept getting frustrated with Electro because I'm like, you have this character who's so desperate for the attention, why not have his motivate? Why not have his plan be that to turn Spider Man to make Spider Man look like the bad guy? Like it would be so much better as as a story, um, and you can kind of have like a Dark Knight scenario going on where at the end of the dark night batman is made to look like the bat uh is ba- batman is blamed for all the murders that harvey dent made yeah you know and you can have that same thing kind of happen to spider-man where spider-man's being blamed for all these bank robberies murders everything you know so everything yeah <laughs> um all right robert well, give me your overall thoughts. Once again, overall thoughts of the movie and a score out of 10. Not a Spider-Man film. Two out of 10. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I agree. Uh, I think this is a terrible movie. Um, it's not a Spider-Man movie. It's not even a Marvel. It doesn't even feel like a Marvel movie. You know, and I think Sony has learned a lesson from this because of the guidance of Kevin Feige with the MCU Spider-Man movies. We've we've seen Sony learn their lesson. They're like, okay, we know we want to set, we we know we want our cinematic universe, but we're not going to rush everything into one movie. We're going to take our time. We're going to build the characters, and because with this movie, it's the opposite of what. Kevin Feige does with the MCU. Yeah. This is just a movie that's, it's kind of like Batman versus Superman in the way that it's a two and a half hour commercial for movies we're never going to see. You know? Like Batman versus Superman was a commercial for a Justice League movie that we're probably never going to see again. You know? Or a Justice League movie that we were probably never going to get, period. You know? And The Amazing Spider-Man 2 is that movie where it's a setup 
for something we'll never see. And I hate this movie with a burning passion. Um, I feel terrible. I like Andrew Garfield very much as an actor, but I hate his Peter Parker. Um, and I really feel bad for him because he had to basically just suffer through this terrible writing by Alex Kurtzman and Roberto Orsi, who are just, I think, to me, one of the worst screenplay writers in Hollywood. Yeah. That's just in my opinion. Um, so, you know, out of out of 10, I'm going to give The Amazing Spider-Man to a 2.5 a a out of 10. Um, it's got some things that I like. I think the visuals are good. I thought, I think Hans Zimmer's main theme is great. Um, and I do like that one moment where Spider-Man goes to help the kid because as somebody, I mean, fun fact about Zeke the Geek, um, you know, I was, as a kid who was bullied in school, it may, I, I felt something there when Spider-Man goes to help that kid, you know? Right. Um, so, yeah, 2.5. So we have a 2 out of 10 and a 2.5. Robert, how are you feeling? Are, do you have any battle wounds? Are you mortally wounded? No, like, I'd been hurt before. I have, I am, I have battle wounds now. I'm, uh, I've been, I feel like I've been shot at so many times because Electro kept cutting our stream or our recording. Just, uh, anyway. Um, so guys, be prepared, do your homework because the next movie we are going to review, we're going to now enter into one half of a lighter uh, phase in the Spider-Man movies. And it's Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah, I know the Homecoming theme. I know that theme. It's a good theme. Uh, I ain't going to lie. It is a really good theme, but we will definitely talk about that next week. Be sure it's you guys the MCU phase. Should we should we talk a little bit like whenever we do the homecoming? Uh, you know, and I'll talk to you later about it. Never mind. We'll 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 talk we'll talk we'll talk about we'll we'll talk about some stuff. So, <laughs> okay, well that went that went uh, that sounds very wrong, and I probably should not have worded it that way. You really should. <laughs> Okay, guys. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, Robert, thank you for joining me. We missed you last week, but we, we're, we're glad that you were able to join us this week. And I'm checking uh, we my, hope. I'm checking my schedule right now. All right. And we hope we can have you back next week. And thank you guys so much for listening. And I will talk to you guys later. Peace out. Peace.